was uh, able to take some of these to the, uh, did a funeral on Monday and uh, took some of these and the mortuary was happy to take some of these and said that they'll hand them out to those that need it. So that's good. There's still plenty there and we have a bunch more coming. So if anybody ever, if you want any more, you can sure take those. So and uh, get those in the hands of those people that need it. So, <coughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 3. We're continuing to, um, belie- I believe what we see in, in Ephesians, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, we see uh, a detailed description of salvation and uh, kind of a theological report on things that take place when we get saved and gives us a very thorough description of of our salvation and then chapters four five and six we will see how you know you're saved now here's how you ought to behave and these are the things you ought to be doing and we will kind of see that come into practice and uh, but before we get to chapter four we want to get through chapter three and here he's talking to them and writing this and because this is all new, uh, when when Christ came and uh, died on that cross and was buried, rose again, ascended into heaven, uh, we know at that very time that He fulfilled the law, the the law that had been given uh, by God to Moses and the one that they had now been practicing for all of this time, and so now uh, er- everything has changed on them. And so it's all new, and, and, and what you'll see in the, in the New Testament is that Paul writes many times and calls it a mystery because the uh, Old Testament, those Jews following the Old Testament, uh, this was a mystery to them. And so what we're looking at here in chapter 3 is talking about the mystery and revealing it to everyone uh, letting them know that it's no longer a mystery. Christ has made it evident that he is the Messiah, the fulfillment of the law, and that you need to look to the, the Savior who has fulfilled all of the law. And so in, in chapter 3, in verses 1 through 6, we see the mystery of God's grace, and then the last verses, 7 through 21, we'll see the ministry of of God's grace to us. And so tonight, we're going to try to get through the first six verses, which I don't think will be an issue, and uh, we'll see the mystery of God's grace. So in verse 1, for this cause, so uh, he's referring to everything that he's told us in chapter 2, and, and, and really probably even includes partly of what he has said in chapter 1, um, not maybe considering the introduction, but everything past that, uh, talking about, and it, it really does include chapter 1 and chapter 2, everything that he has said about uh, the, the spiritual blessings from heavenly places, the, the uh, redemption that Christ gives through salvation, the, the uh, unity of, of uh, Jews and Gentiles, the church. I mean, the church was a, was a whole new organism to them that they uh, had never heard of before. The church was never... Uh, uh, anything in the Old Testament, it was just the Jewish nation. And so there was not what we call the church back then. And so he tells them then that I've written this for this cause, I, Paul, 
the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Now, spiritually, we know that he was a servant of Christ. He was a, a bondsman of Christ, and, and he was a servant of Christ in, 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 uh, in that idea and a prisoner of Christ. But here, we, we know that writing this also, that he was an actual prisoner of Christ. And, and so, uh, referring to himself as a uh, prisoner of Christ, we know that he was imprisoned in uh, Rome at the time, and uh, but he didn't consider himself a prisoner of Rome. He considered himself a prisoner of Christ and was happy to go through whatever it was that he was going through. He, he was joyful to be able to do that. And he writes Philippians also while he's there, and Philippians is what many people have titled the book of joy. Uh, you, you want to to be uplifted and you want to be encouraged, then read the book of Philippians and especially chapter 4 and you find it very uplifting. Well, he wrote that while he was in prison also. And how do you do that? I mean, if, you know, if we're in prison, uh, if I go to jail for giving out free water at the Oktoberfest, I'm not going to be very happy about it, you know? <laughs> I'll let it go. I just really had some issues with brush, you know, the the whole parade thing, um, and and now the the uh, don't give out water, do not cross this line, you know. We're all right. Let's move on. But here, <laughs> oh how silly. Right. But anyway, the prisoner of Jesus and. Uh, and it's how he looked at things. I mean, we can look at we, we can look at, at at our circumstances, and we can look at what's going on in our lives, and we can either choose to look at it in a negative light, or we can choose to look at it in a positive light, and and uh, we can praise the Lord. John probably was very positive day, today while he was mowing, and that I think I heard that lawnmower was uh, sputtering again today. Was it sputtering? And you were just praising the Lord how you could just drive slow and just think of the quality time that you had with Jesus while you're sitting on that lawnmower. You, you can think of it positively, or you could be thinking about the ways that you could blow it up and, and uh, uh, get away with it. So, you know, and it's all how you choose to, to deal with your situations. And Paul said that, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm a prisoner of Christ. If he wants me here, then that's where I'll be. And you know what the amazing thing is, uh, and and uh, um, where did I read it now? Uh, while he was in prison, many of Caesar's household trusted Christ as their savior. Isn't that amazing? I mean, here's a guy that you know is going to you know send Paul ultimately to his death, and there's many in, in that Caesar's own household that trusted Christ. I mean, how powerful is that? And, and Paul just took his circumstance and moved forward. And, and we can choose to do the th same thing. And we ought to. And he said in, in, uh, over in chapter 4 and, and uh, verse 1, he says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. Second uh, Timothy, he, he was back in jail again when he writes Second Timothy. And 
This time we know that he doesn't leave. This is the time when he gets killed, that when he writes 2 Timothy, shortly thereafter, he's killed. And he says, Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. He also wrote in Philemon in verse 9, Yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such as one as Paul the aged, and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And so here, um, showing that, that uh, he took the situation that he was in, and he made the most of it, and knew and understood that if God wanted him there, then that's where he needed to be, and he was going to continue to serve God. And so I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. And so these Ephesians that he was writing to, and these uh, Gentiles who God had given him the ministry to reach out to the Gentiles, and uh, in Acts 21 and verse 28, he says, Crying out, men of Israel, help. This is the man that teacheth all men everywhere against the people. This is the, the leader of Ephesus saying these things. And, and, and he's teaching everywhere against the people and the law in this place. And further brought Greeks also into the temple and hath polluted the holy place. And so they were accusing him of, of bringing the Gentiles into the holy place of the temple. And he didn't do that. And Paul even said that later. But in Acts 22 and 21, and he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. So Paul gives testimony. God sent him to reach out to the Gentiles. And, and it was the, the Jews that, that stirred up trouble against him in Ephesus. It was some of the Gentiles that were idol makers that stirred up a lot of hatred against Paul. And, and it must have been a rough city because Later on, he calls some of the people there in Ephesus beast by the way that they treated him. I mean, they, they were some pretty hardcore, violent, uh, uh, mean, nasty kind of people that, that um, uh, were, were there. And Paul stayed, and he witnessed to them and, and went to jail on behalf of them. And, but he continued uh, to carry out his ministry to the Gentiles until the day he died. Well, now we get to verse 2, and, and you don't see this, but actually in verse 2, all the way down through verse 13, we have a parenthesis. And so that, that parenthesis, what, what he's going to show here in verses 2 through 13, it, it explains the mystery of Jesus, the church, and the unity between uh, the Jew and the Gentile. And, and uh, so it's there for description. And we're not going to get through all of that, but we'll start verse 2 and get through verse 6 tonight. And he says, if ye have heard, and, it, and it's assuming that they had, that they had heard of the dispensation of the grace of God. That, that word dispensation just has the idea that, that people at that time had a certain responsibility towards God. So you think about the Old Testament was a different dispensation than what we have in that if they were to approach God, they had to do so through the tabernacle or through the temple, whichever one was established at the time, through the sacrifice of animals by the priest, and, and it was through there that they made peace with God by making those sacrifices to God. And, and they didn't know nearly as much about the Messiah 
as we know today. But they, they responded, and the responsibility that they had towards God was different than the responsibility that we have today. Does that make sense? Well, that's a, that's a dispensation. It was a different dispensation then as it is now. And Adam and Eve were in a different dispensation. When, when they were in a state of perfection, they, the responsibility was totally different. And so, uh, so that's what he's talking about when he talks and uses the word dispensation. means a, uh, a stewardship, a responsibility, an administration that, that he had. And, 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 and he's telling them, you have a stewardship, you have a dispensation with the grace of God. And, and what is the, the grace of God? Well, he's going to explain to them what the grace of God is. He was assuming that they had heard this and, and that they needed to respond to this and that they needed to, to, to react as, as God wanted them to. And, and he also said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 16. And this he's showing his responsibility that he had towards the Gentiles and towards the Corinthians at the time. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me, if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward, but if against my will a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me. What is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel... I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And so here, showing the, the stewardship that he had been given, and he was willing to give up things in, in order to, to uh, witness to those. We'll give up the idea of giving out free water so that we can sit in that booth and we can witness to someone. And it's okay. They can sell all the water they want, sell all the booze that they want. They'll never be blessed by selling booze. I'm sorry, never going to happen. Woe unto the man that giveth his neighbor strong drink. And they'll never be blessed by that. Money is not the answer to everything. Jesus is. And so we'll, we'll just stand out there and take of their stuff, and you'll be wanting Take the, the water of life and you'll never thirst again. Maybe there'll be some street preaching on Saturday. I'll embarrass everybody that's out there. <laughs> Anybody have cash? I think they only take cash for uh, bailing me out, right? So I ought to be a PR bond. Yeah, all right. Let it go. All right. That's what my wife is saying under her breath up here. Just let it go. All right, so, so he tells them about the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, you. That's what was given to Paul to them. Well, I also wrote in my notes then, what about respond, how do we respond to the dispensation that God's given to us? Matthew 28, it tells us that we need to, we need to go, and, and what do we do? But we need to share the gospel. We need to teach them, teach all nations, baptizing in them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and, and then teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. 
I mean, we need to go out, preach the gospel to every creature, it says in Mark 16, 15. Are we doing that? Are we being a witness? Are we telling people about Jesus? Are we going to get out of our shell and, and, and finally just quit worrying about whether somebody likes us or not and, and just share something about Jesus with someone? Get them thinking about it and share the gospel. Dwight, I talked to Dwight today and and, and uh, he's there in Andover, uh, Minnesota right now, and they're having their tent meetings this week and next week. And don't be surprised if one day we have that here. I, I think it'd be great. But we won't have the tent out here. We're going to set it up in town somewhere and really stir things up. And so it just works better in town. And, but he, he was, he, I mean, he's just a busy guy, and he's out and about, and he runs into this young lady who I think is in her 20s or whatever, and, and uh uh, he starts talking to her and finds out that that uh, she's interested in learning more about the Lord. And, and he just asked her, he said, so are you 100% sure if you die today that you'd be on your way to heaven? She said, no. And he said, well, you want to know how? And she said, yeah, I do. He'd have never known that if he didn't ask her. I mean, she was searching. She was looking, and, and there it is. You know, God brings them together, and, and you just never know what what God wants to do uh, in your life and, and how he wants to use you. And, and so, I, I don't know, it's just exciting to see the, 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 the people that are searching and wanting to know the truth. And let's go out and let's seek them. And so how are we doing with preaching the gospel? Turn over to Matthew 25, if you would. Matthew 25 and uh, uh Verse 21, first of all, Matthew 25, 21, and, 20, and 23. Both of those two verses I want us to look at. But first of all, Matthew 25, verse 21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will give thee ruler over many things. Enter thou in the joy of the Lord. Now, I know it was with talents and it was money that he had, but uh, we, we also need to think about it wasn't so much the earning of the money, but it was the, the willingness to be used by God, okay? And it was his abilities to, to do the things that, that his master had told him to do. And then you look down further, verse 23, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. How are you about the, the talents and the abilities that God's given you? That's a steward. That, that's a stewardship. That's a part of our dispensation and, and, and response and, and administration that we have towards God today. You see, we, we always talk about tithe, and the first thing that we talk, when, when the preacher mentions the word tithe, the first thing that comes to your mind is money. Well, and there, there are three areas of a tithe. There, there is your treasure, but there's also your talents, and there's your time. And we need to be willing to give God all of that. We, what, what, where would we be without him? I mean, what would we have without him? We, we would definitely not have eternal life, and, and we wouldn't have anything to look forward to, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we perish. And, and that isn't what God wants. And, and so let's, let's make sure that we are tithing. Let's make sure we give him our treasures. Let's make sure that we give him our time. Let's make sure that we give him our... The, the abilities and, and the talents that we have and, oh, how we need to look to him all the time and, and give all of those things to him. And Luke 16 and verse 10, 
He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And, and so let's, let's be faithful and honorable in those areas of our lives. And, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians 4. You know, it doesn't matter what other people think. And it doesn't matter what, what anybody's saying. We just need to be faithful in being what God wants us to be. Verse 1, let, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. And so let's be faithful, let's be honorable, just like Paul was. And, and here goes Paul, gets thrown into jail, he says, I can't do anything any different, okay? I'm not going to stop preaching the gospel. I'm not going to stop telling people that Jesus is the answer. I'm not going to stop telling them that the Word of God has the, has the answers for your life, and, and you need to look to the Word of God, and, and if you need to kill me for that, then you're just going to have to kill me. And they did. But you know what? God, God inspired Paul and directed him to write, and Paul is still talking 2,000 years later. That's only through the power of God. I mean, we, and, and Paul is certainly still very much alive today, in heaven today, and rejoicing of the, the grace and the, and the beautiful salvation that he has today. And, and I can guarantee you, he said, ah, every beating that I took, every, every stone that hit me, and, and all of those things, it was all worth it. It's all worth it. And so how we ought to be looking to him as our example and be faithful. And then he goes on. So he says, if you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me, you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. So he said, look, I didn't know it either. But by revelation, by revealing, God made it evident to me. And I, and I believe that that probably came right after he got saved. It tells us on the road to Damascus, that's when uh, he was blinded. He gets into town. He meets up, uh, he meets up with Ananias, and, and it's there that, that uh, uh, he, he trusts Christ. It's there that the blinders are lifted. It's there that he uh, follows the Lord in baptism. And then it tells us that for three years he goes into the Arabian desert, and Jesus, God, teaches him. And I believe it's there that he said he showed him that, Paul, you're, go, you're called to the Gentiles. Here's what you're going to be teaching them, the very mystery of what saved you. You are going to be used to open that up to the eyes of all of the world that you can reach out to, and, and God's going to use, use uh, him greatly. And, and so that's what he's talking about, how that by revelation he made unto, uh, known unto me. The revelation... As I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, so when, you're, when you are reading this letter, when you are reading, many of these people were, were probably still alive even when uh, John was finally dead after he had written the book of Revelation. And when you read all of the word of God, whenever you have that completed word that, uh, that you may understand 
my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. And so let us have that kind of understanding. Let, let's make sure that 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 we un, and and it is simple. I mean, there there are a lot of things to it, and we're seeing the the more detailed description of that here in Ephesians, but but it really is simple for people to understand that you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell and there's only one way to save you from that downward plunge and that's through a perfect sacrifice for your sins to appease the perfect holy God that is sitting in heaven today and Jesus is the one who did that. And Jesus died on that cross for your sins. He was buried for your sins. He rose again to show us that he's God and that the wrath of God for your sins is taken upon him and that if you will trust in him, believing, trusting, hoping in him in all areas of your life, then you have salvation and he's got it for you, okay? And he'll take care of it. And and you have salvation. And then with, with that then, he brings you into the body of Christ and that's called the church. And it's represented with the whole body of believers that come together and worship together and preach the word of God and teach the word of God and pray for one another and take offerings to help other churches and and help other preachers that are spreading the gospel and and reaching into the community and sharing the gospel and ministering to to the needs of the community. And uh, I mean, and, and how it brings everybody together, everybody. I had a chance today. I had a guy come in today and 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 talking to me for a while and 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 um, and a different color of skin and uh, because of some bad experiences on his side, uh, you could tell he had some had some real issues and 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 I was able to just talk to him a little bit and said, "Look, Jesus, God's made us different, okay." We're, we're different in skin color, but the soul is the same and the ground is level at the cross. And it doesn't matter who you are and it doesn't matter what color you are. And, and, and there is none, none of that kind of nonsense. And in a true Christian Bible-believing church, there isn't any of that nonsense on any side. There's no reason for Joe to be mad at me because I'm tall and white, you know. And there's no reason for me to be mad at Joe because he's short and short and brown, right? There's just no reason. It's, it's, isn't it stupid the things that we fight over? I, I mean, and, and how the devil keeps us in division and thinks that there's all this hatred and, you know, that it's just not there. And, and, and we need to just be able to, to, to be used by God to reveal to everybody that, hey, the ground is level at the cross, doesn't matter who you are. You call on Christ, you can be a part of the family of God. You have your eternal destiny uh, uh, reserved for you in heaven today. And so now get out there and start acting like a child of God, and we'll help you do that. That's all he's saying. And so he goes on, and so understand the mystery of Christ, which in other ages, so other dispensations, other generations, that this was not revealed in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. Remember, what's the foundation? Jesus is the cornerstone and the teachings of the apostles and the prophets. And so here, that's the foundation. We don't need any more foundation. We have all the foundations on Jesus, the teachings of the apostles and the prophets. 
That's why you don't need it anymore. It's already there right here. That's the foundation. Now we build on that in our knowledge of what God has given us in his word. And we build on understanding more about our salvation and, and the faith that we ought to have. And, and so what is it? That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The Jews did not like that. <laughs> We're a special group. We are God's chosen. How dare you come in and say these audacious things and think that we're not going to do something about it? What did Paul say? Well, here's the truth. Here it is. Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. And he's opened that up to everyone. And you guys are the ones that rejected him. You guys are the ones that sent him to that cross and crucified him that day. And so he opened it up to the world, opened that up to everyone. And so you call on Christ, and we're all grafted together. We're all fellow heirs, and we're of the same body, and partakers or co-partners of his promise. And his promise is the entire mystery that's been revealed to us in Christ by the gospel. Brings us all together, old and young, short and tall, brown, white, red, I don't know, whatever other colors there are. If you're cold, you might be blue, you know? <laughs> and <laughs> if you're almost dead, you might be gray. <clears throat> and so that's kind of gruesome, isn't it? <laughs> you see the, the, the wonderful mystery that they couldn't, and they still, people still have a hard time understanding the love of Christ, and what it truly means. He gave everything for us so that we could have it all and, and to, to enjoy what he has given us. So let's go out. Let's just be like Paul. I have no option, okay? There's no option. We live for Jesus. We tell others about Jesus. And if people don't like that, well, we move on. We're not going to get violent with you. We're just going to keep moving on, but we're going to keep telling people about Jesus, and you cannot stop us from that. Let's tell people about Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this book of Ephesians, and I pray that you will encourage each one, guide and direct us, Lord. Use us the rest of this week. Bless the endeavors that we have to get out and talk to people, and bless the efforts, and guide us and keep us safe, Lord, and bring us back when the doors are open. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys.